All right, gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about the balance between feminine energy and masculine energy within us men. We're also going to be exploring the lessons that we can learn from our fathers, our abusive fathers. I've got Grant Ziak on the podcast today. He is a former collegiate football player. He also has background in holistic healing, and he is currently a health and wellness coach. This is The Learning Man. And welcome back to The Learning Man. Um, Today, we are going to be speaking to um, Grant Diziak. Did I say that right? Is it Grant? I mean, you know what, dude? I said you're in Easy deasy. It gets to be whatever it is to you, but it's uh, Ziak. Ziak. Man, I was way off. I was way off. Well, it's ironic. Samsonite. Well, it's ironic that you that you uh, shot at our wedding because we always joked about uh, you know how everyone does hashtags for like weddings and stuff. Right. We're always gonna do the D is silent because you swallowed it, and then we're like, ah, oh, grandparents wow. probably wouldn't like that. <laughs> but there was no grandparents there, so it was good. That's great. It was just us. Yeah, it was great. Um, so Grant, like, I'm super excited to talk to you, uh, specifically, and just so the audience knows, um, you know, um. So Grant is 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 kind of like a really interesting person. Um, he is uh, he's a former collegiate football player. He played for uh, Ohio the Ohio <laughs> State University. I caught myself there, Grant. Um, you and I met a few months ago. Uh, I was actually producing a podcast, uh, and I think you were one of the guests on there. And uh, I really kind of like fell in love with your vibe. You and you, you and your now wife. Um, this guy. Um, by the way, just BT Dubs audience, uh, friends out there, gentlemen, this guy is literally married to a WWE diva champion. Like <laughs> she's the real deal. Okay, so yeah, this guy, this guy, this guy by itself to be able to tame a lioness that way. Woo! Yeah, this guy, this guy's real serious here. This, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that that's all. That's all open to interpretation because it's more like I'm like it could just be as easily me just getting my ass kicked behind the scenes. You mean just on a daily basis? <laughs> no, man, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. So yeah, she's and she's fantastic. She's the sweetest gal, man. And uh, and so I wanted to, you know, one of the topics that I really wanted to, you know, Grant, you and I were talking back and forth and trying to figure out what we wanted to discuss uh, because there's a you're you're kind of like a, a specialist in so many different topics. But I think today one of the things that I really wanted to kind of like bring forward to the audience was the discussion about what is masculine energy. And I know that you came from the background of, you know full, you know, you know, full force, masculine energy on the football field, on the gridiron, you know, bashing heads together and all that kind of stuff. And, and you kind of moved into more of a, a holistic kind of like journey. And that's kind of really interesting. And you've kind of taken a step back and kind of like ventured inside yourself and, uh, and, and connected with so many different individuals to figure out what is, what does that mean? Right. What is the balance between masculine, you know, masculinity and feminism and, and how those mix in between, you know, within us as men. Right. Yeah. So I really wanted to kind of get you on and, uh, and, uh, See if you could uh, share a couple stories with us. Ah, dude, I'd be delighted to. Uh, thank you for all that. And just real quick, I want to give a huge shout out to you and a big thank you to you because uh, my beautiful, amazing wife now and I did have the beautiful honor to get married in such a private, small setting. And after only knowing each other for a very short period of time, you were so down and so willing and did such an amazing job of capturing such a beautiful moment in our lives. So thank you oh, thank and you. your amazing photography skills for that. Oh, thanks, man. Like I, it was, I was honored truly. Like I was honored to be a part of it. Um, and just so the audience know, knows, um, it was a seriously small mm. celebration Forever. and it was like, like I've never been in a situation where I was the attendee, the the groom, the bride of you know the the bridesmaid, the uh, you're the best you know, man, the bread, the, the best man, the witness. I signed Every, the actual everything. marriage license and everything, man. And I was like, it was awesome, man. I couldn't. It was amazing. It was a great so experience cool. for everyone. We were, we, were, we were so grateful to have you there. Yeah. Um. 
And I afterwards, I, we celebrated with root beer floats. Which, dude, that was the be- that's the best part. That's the best yeah. part. We were, we were we were just up there the other day telling somebody about it, and they're like, "You guys did that?" And we're like, "Yeah, we're like literally right here where you're standing right now." And they're like, yeah. "No way, that's amazing." Yeah, it was great, man. It was so cool. Um, so thank you for the intro, and to even dive into like my take on masculinity, uh, masculine, feminine energy. The easiest way is to look at my upbringing is I had a, I was raised primarily by my mother and my mother's side of the family. So my mom, her brother, my uncle, uh, and, and my grandmother, my grandfather until I was 12 when he passed away. And, uh, I have, I have a lot of sisters. My dad's been remarried, uh, six, seven times now, I think. Um, and, but, but I have one like just biological sister. And so those are, those were like the main people in my life. Uh, as well as my aunt, my mom's sister. So it, it was a lot of women. And even when I would be at my dad's to to visit, uh, it was a lot of women. <laughs> it was, you know, it was all women and him. However, he had this role of this big, like bulky, strong. I mean, I remember this guy being like, I would have felt like an ant standing next to Shrek. Like he was a monster to me. And that's what I remember in my head of him. And he was, he was very abusive, uh, beat the shit out of all of us. But one of the most profound things is I was a big kid and I think he saw himself through me because he never, uh, came to fully do everything he probably wanted to do through sports, athletics, whatever it is. From what I understand, he was an amazing football player back in the day. I was a big kid. He gave me some big kid genes and, uh, you know, which is really cool when you're young. You're like, oh man, I look like I'm over 21. And then everyone's like, man, wait till you're 30 and you're going to look like you're 55. <laughs> I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> so he would hype me up all the time. He would talk about this amazing basketball player I was going to be. And obviously I should have taken that as a clue that he didn't really know what he was talking about because I'm as far from being a basketball player as you could possibly get. But he always talked about my size and he always talked about how big I was and what a beast I was. And so I, at a young age, I started connecting through like, let me be this big man. And I think it was probably six or seven at the time. We all went to this, this, uh, amusement park and they charged him for me. And uh, the sign was, there was some, I think it was like 10 or under or eight or under get in for free. Right. And he told them, he's like, well, you know, he's seven years old and like, there's no way. There's no way this kid's seven years old. He went back out to the parking lot and I went with him. He went out to get more beer and then he ended up beating my ass in the parking lot for essentially being too big. So it it started this pattern in my life of like, be big, but don't be too big. Like work hard enough to do and have everything, but don't ever expect to have everything or anything for that matter. So it's like, be the part, look the part, do the part, but don't expect any reward. So between that and knowing that I was always dwindling myself down to try to be accepted around him. And at the same time, I I can kind of remember anytime I'd be around all my sisters on there, I had this like super empathetic feeling for them that they didn't get experienced life the way I did because I was the only one of his kids that never actually lived with him at any point. I always lived with my mom and I remember at a young age, like kind of feeling bad for them. I'm like, man, like, I wish they got to experience life the way I do. And because of that, I was so grateful that it was like, I got to experience, I got to experience getting beat. I got to experience experiencing that fear, but I didn't have to live in it, which allowed me to ride this like cusp my whole life. I got to experience things like my biological sister. It's like, she took one for the team in every respect. She did every bad possible thing you could do. It was like, she was the trouble child except she would look out for me at the exact same time. So she'd go sell drugs and turn and go, don't you ever do this? And so I was like exposed to all these very niche ideologies, very specific lifestyles that I don't think a lot of people might get to experience one of them. And I felt like I got to experience so many of them from this passenger seat, which like, kept me safe, but a little afraid at the same time to understand the fear in my body, the pain of what was going on. And then on top of it, the women that I was raised by were these very incredibly strong masculine women 
not feminist. They were just, they didn't hate men. They didn't, they didn't preach women's rights and everything. To me, I just grew up thinking women had those rights because of the way they behaved, the way they walked through the world. So to me, that's normal. That's how it should be. So I got this beautiful twist of both worlds and I grew up thinking, you know, I'm supposed to be the man and I'm supposed to fulfill this big football player and be this big monster. But in a very unfortunate turn of events, when I was about five, my biological sister was uh, raped pretty much right next to me. Um, and I didn't actually know what it like what had happened until I was about 13 years old. And it was right after I had just spent an entire weekend around the guy who had raped her. And I didn't, I had no idea who it was. And in that moment, when I found out, when my mom found out that I was around him, I mean, she was livid and it set this trickle through my body that never stopped of like maybe overprotection. So it had me step into this role of, it's like this soft, empathetic protector to the extent that like I friend zoned like the majority of females in my life. Cause I was like, I would never want them to be afraid of me. I would never want to be the thing that I'm the most afraid to be, which is my dad. And at the same time had this drive of everything I wanted to be, which was the characteristics that my mom put forward. And it was right. like, she was so people focused and she was so like loving and, and, uh, empathetic and sympathetic and, and had so much compassion for just everybody around her. And because of that, I learned really early on the, the importance of human connection and relationships and the ability to understand that. But the best part is through whether you're masculine, feminine, doesn't matter what it is. There's one thing that resonates and transcends everything and it's truth. Like my family is just no bullshit. They, they, they'll love you. They'll care, but they'll be like, yeah, you have some shit in your teeth. They don't care if they offend you and they'll tell you when you're messing up and they'll just be honest with you. You know, they'll be like, okay, okay, okay. Like they understand you're, you're full of shit and you might be saying stuff, but if you stay with it too long, they'll call you out on it. Not because they want to be mean, but because they want better for you. And so like, I attribute everything I am today to the people who raised me. That's great. Do you, I mean, what percentage of time do you think that you were, you spent with your, your dad versus your, your mom? Uh, very, very little. Uh, I think, I think I, I can't remember the exact setup, but it was, mm, I want to say every other weekend and, and anytime I actually wanted to see the crazy thing is, is, you know, now I'm 36, but so I've learned a lot and I have uh, about like the truth of things that had happened. You know, I grew up with my dad always trying to like get in my ear about like, Oh, your mom wants child support for me. I give her child support all the time. He never paid child support a day in his life. He milked some injury. And I like looking back, I can remember it. That dude was always talking about this injury that he had, that he was milking to get unemployment the entire time I ever knew him when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So he was never actually working. Um, so I'd say every other weekend for sure. And, uh, my mom always encouraged me to have a good relationship with him, which that in and of itself taught me so much. Like I can understand it at the time, but I'd say in my twenties, realizing that after I'd gone through some relationships that had like, you know, fallen apart and gone through the experiences of like, you know, you get out of a relationship and it's like, everybody does the same thing. You just want to talk trash about that person you were with because you want everyone else to empathize with your heartbreak. You want people to see it your way. You don't want anyone to go, right. ah, it's your fault. So it's like this effort that everyone tries to make. I want everyone to see it my way. So everyone will have my back at the end of the day. You both just look like assholes because you're essentially trying to make people change their opinion about somebody else based on your interaction with them. Right. And that was the moment it hit me. I'm like, my dad like left my mom borderline bankrupt, took everything from her, would beat her, would treat her horribly, abuse her in multiple ways, abuse us. And my mom never talked shit about my father to me one day. Because she knew I'll take the high road and the truth will eventually play out. That's how much she believes in the truth. She's right. like, she's like, who am, if that's what he really is, I don't need to tell the world about him. He'll out himself. And it taught me so it like was such a profound lesson to learn in the ability to keep my mouth shut in business, my mouth shut in relationships in the realm of you don't need to make anyone else like you don't need to air your dirty laundry. So other people can essentially validate the pain that you're experiencing. Interesting. 
that's really that's that's incredible that she she was able to do that. That definitely doesn't sound like it was easy by any means. I can't I can't quantify the level of respect that I have for her when I realize those things. And this is where masculine and feminine play into each other, I think, is when I thought about those things, I sat there and I cried. I cried a lot. Most people would look at that and be like, oh, that's very weak. That's feminine. That's your emotion. Mm -hmm. Why have that? Well, because of that, and because I access that within myself, and because I'm willing to allow myself to feel those things, I can handle myself that much better psychologically in a situation where I might really want to break down, be weak, and mm -hmm. just talk shit about somebody. It allows you to like bite your tongue. It allows you to not respond when your nervous system is kicked in. It allows you to see things from a different perspective because it's like if you can see the big picture, you don't respond to the small picture because you realize all those are going to magnify and build up to what the big picture actually is. And that's the picture that you actually care about. And that's where everyone goes wrong. Everyone's so worried about the individual little battles all the time that they're like, I got to win. I got to win. I got to do this. I got to, this has got to be perfect that nobody sees the forest through the trees and that's what we all suffer from. We all struggle to see our own shit when we're in it. And like the work that Celeste and I do, my wife and I do together, that's just, that's what we tell everyone. We're like, we're not the guru. We're not this high level specialist. And, and we don't just have all of our shit together and you are just a mess. It's just that we're not you. It's like the same way you could clean all day long and somebody else could walk in and be like, oh, you missed a spot. But with the work that we do, and when people want to better themselves, you have to be willing to want to know where those dirty spots are that you missed. Right. Absolutely. So do you think in terms of, um, you know, because you, 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 you made a comment earlier where you described your, your, your mom and I guess her sisters as being very, having more masculine traits, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, uh, did you, was there like in your mind growing up, was there a, a, a kind of like a clear division between what is masculine and what is feminine? Um, <clears throat> I, I can remember things like there were, you know, maybe gay people and, and, uh, our family or something. And I can remember, uh, thinking, I guess around, I could be like, uh, the flamboyancy, maybe I could, I could, I could identify that. I could say, well, that's different than this, but I never thought, I didn't really think anything of it. Um, so you so, didn't, you identified it as being different, but not necessarily feminine. Yeah. Like not a bad thing. I was just like, that's, right. I mean, simple, like in a little kid's head, you can go, okay, that's more under the category of what I would say a girl does than a, a boy, or this is more what a guy would do than what a girl would do. Mm -hmm. um, like characteristics like that, I could break it down like that. I can remember thinking things on that level, but I never judged it. And I remember that wanting to understand it that much more because my uncle, my uncle John has always been the father figure in my life. And that's my mom's brother. And when I say he's, I, 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 I think in my mind, I've always thought of him as more feminine than masculine. And then when I'm like, I step back and I look, I'm like, dude, that's the most masculine fucking person I've ever known. And it's because mm -hmm. of his willingness and his courage to stand in his feminine energy. And that feminine energy is one that I can now see was built out of my grandmother being his mother, who her, her, her mother, you know, my great grandmother is like, that's why I remember like tough as nails, man. You're talking about people that grew up during the depression, world wars, husbands going off to war, yep. shit like that. And we're like, oh my God, my cell phone doesn't only has three bars of service. And they're going really, they're like, how about you eat chip beef and stew for three weeks because you can't afford to eat anything else because you don't right. have anything. You don't have heat. You don't have air. You don't have any of these like luxuries. So it was this beautiful thing where those messages that they would slap the shit out of you for got right. tripled down to me actually through like my mom and my uncle and my <clears> aunt. <throat> so it didn't come as aggressive. So right. I was able to actually receive them and hear them and be like, I could apply them to everything that was happening in my life and I could see it for what it was. But like <clears throat> my mom and when I went and, and just to be very clear for anyone listening, like, because I get it when people hear like, oh, they have or ma a woman who has masculine traits. They're like, oh, she like a, a big bodybuilder who's like, you know, 
you know, right. uh, yells at you and has a deep voice and all these things. Like, no, like masculine and feminine doesn't not have anything to do with gender. And that's where everyone gets so confused, I think. And that's where men tend to be very hesitant to stand in their feminine energy at all, which only amplifies your masculine. And women feel the need a lot of the time to be overly masculine, to be safe, to protect themselves. And which I, to the best of my ability, I understand, like I, I can, I, I don't want to say I understand. I'm saying I can comprehend where that's coming from, you know, right. that, the, the desire to feel safe. But at the end of the day, that's men too. You know, men go, I'm a man. I should be masculine because of that. I want to stand in my masculinity so often because I am afraid. We're all afraid. Everybody walks through this world afraid all the time. And if you want to quiet, I'm like, oh, I'm not afraid. Cool. Relax your asshole right now. <laughs> like, just do it. Try it. And, and, and if you can feel a shift in your hips, just kind of like release a little bit and a little less tension in your low back. And now I'll challenge you. Do it again. Like consciously do it again. Hopefully you didn't just eat Chipotle, but it's like, try it again right now. And, you know, people always laugh because it's like, you know, we're saying relax your asshole, but that's your root chakra. That is your sense of safety in the world, financially, emotionally, psychologically, socially, it's everything. So come to find out we're all walking around physically tensing up the part of our body that says you don't feel safe and we're scared all the time. And then it's like, well, I don't feel creative. Well, no, you don't feel creative. Your nervous system is kicked in all the time because everything around you has been perceived as a threat to you now. Mm-hmm. Because we live in a world where men think they have to be X, Y, and Z from this really, really messed up game of telephone, of conditioning over the years and generations. I mean, like, I, there's so many times I try to check myself on on this particular like mindset and outlook on things because I'm sure every generation says this kind of stuff, but... I'm 36. I feel like my age range is like the most dynamic because we are the ones who got to experience grandparents who had been through world wars. We're also the ones who had, who got to experience parents that grew up with that old school mentality, um, you know, men a lot right. physical aggressiveness, women a lot of that mindset of like be in the kitchen don't be at work and things you know just like a lot of those blends of everything as well Mm -hmm. as now getting to see the way things play out now um is and probably the biggest area i see it make such an impact is dude we got to see what the world was like without social media we got to see what the world was like when your ass still had to go to the library and look in an encyclopedia right information we're the last ones to 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 know what it's like to not have a cell phone yeah, dude. I mean, like, it is unreal to me. It's like we're the last ones that know what this. the Dewey Decimal System is, like, oh, you know, like in the library. Well, I'm like, I'm like, why, why, why does school even exist anymore? Like, you, yeah. you don't actually have to know anything. And how do they combat that even now? How do they combat stuff in school now or plagiarism? How do you, how do you get caught for plagiarism with artificial intelligence? I can look yeah. up chat, whatever it is, chat, GP, whatever. GPT, yeah. And I can get my entire essay written. Yeah. And it's like, so where's the desire? Where's the need to learn? Where is the need to educate yourself in any of these things? And I'm not talking about everyone needs to be educated on these old school things and everyone needs to know how to write a letter and address a letter and shit like that. I'm talking about just simple daily interaction kind of things because it's, those aren't the lessons. The lessons that came from all of those tactics are the interpersonal relations, the ability the to conne- communicate. The connections. Right. The connections with people. Like, good, don't understand shit in college because then it makes you go talk to your professor. It makes you negotiate. Do you know how much my life changed when I realized that grades were negotiable in college? <laughs> like, you could go to your professor and explain your individual scenario situation. I'm not talking about making excuses. You could say, I do understand the content. I just don't understand it in the way you present it. Let me share it back to you right now. But it, it, just the standardized test, it doesn't work for me. Let me right. share it. Let me challenge this. And you could get your grade changed if you presented a strong enough case. But it's just like that. Men don't have to experience the fear anymore of like, let me get the right cologne. Let me have the right outfit. Let me go out. Oh, look at that pretty girl from across the bar. Let me go approach them. Dude, you can swipe left 52 times a night. 
on Tinder now. Right. And you don't ever have to see anything face to face. It's so bizarre to me because at and the end of the day, people <clears throat> is what the world's made out of. Yeah. And I also think, I also think that's something, you know, talking about the, you know, the masculine, right. I also think that, you know, I, I never, I never did the, like the online dating thing. Like, you know, I, it just wasn't, wasn't, it wasn't me. And it was kind of before me, right. And before my time, you know, um, and, um, but I also think that there's something, there's something kind of like, there's kind of something kind of cool and suave about going up and, and introducing yourself to somebody and taking that masculine approach of kind mm-hmm. of like taking it upon yourself to break the ice and stuff like that. Instead of, instead of just like uploading a photo of you and a dog, you know, and, you know, hopefully <laughs> hoping somebody swipes on you, you know, and start on the conversation that way. Yeah, man. You know, I think that there's, you know, there's, there's something to be said about like, you know, you know, movies like Top Gun where, you know, you know, conversations and whole like, you know, histories just come out of a bar behind a piano, you know, yeah. I, I just think that that's, there's something, there's something missing there. And I think that the way that, that masculinity is now interpreted, I think is different as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 100%. And with, with this new generation. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it's this generation, but it's, it's with, it's not, it's not, I wouldn't even say it's just as much generational as much as I would say it is the ability to have information spread the way it is now with the internet, social media and all those things. Because, um, do I, do I think women like to feel oppressed in any manner? Absolutely not. No. I don't think they do. I don't, but I also don't think they did a hundred years ago. I don't oh, think it, they, they never I don't, did. I don't, I don't yeah. think they ever did. Do I think men like to feel like they have to hold in their emotions today? No, I don't. But I also don't think they did a hundred years ago or 200 years ago or 300 years ago. I think they thought that's what they had to do to survive. You see, yeah. the thing about our brains and our bodies is they're really cool. Like when's the last time you thought about taking a breath? When is the last time you had to consciously go blink your eyes? When's the last time you said, oh, let's make saliva happen in my mouth because I'm, uh, my throat's a little bit dry. Your body has literally been choosing you every single day since you were born. And your brain, whether you hate the depression, the anxiety, suicidal thoughts, whatever it is, if you're hearing this message, you've made it. Like you're here. You, you, you got through it. And that's what your brain and your body are only trying to do. Like they are not responsible for making you happy. Your consciousness is responsible for making you happy. Your brain and your body's jobs are only to keep you alive. And when we start talking about consciousness, this is, this is where you can lose some people because people are already like up in arms enough. When we start talking about masculine, feminine mm-hmm. men will be like, Oh, I'm supposed to be feminine. That feels like a threat. And that feels scary because it starts challenging their status quo that they have built into their system. Right. So as soon as you start tying in anything that can be like, Oh, that's kind of woo woo. You're like, oh. exactly. You know, yeah. it's like, it's like, we're always looking for the way out, but just that's a prime example. Your brain is trying to process and make whatever story is happening, make mm-hmm. it be true. So here's that bit of information. It goes, Ooh, we can cling onto that. We can pull that in. If we can pull that in, we can now create a legit story that tells me why I don't need to listen to this shit. Right. And, and that's what happens. We will hear the things. We will hear the answers around us all the time to create the life that we want, to release ourselves of the emotional pain, the distress. Like you do not have to live with the pain that you have. It does. It is not a badge of honor. You are not better for it. You are not some badass. It's like, oh, look at what I'm overcoming. No, you know what you're doing? You're holding yourself back. That is your your pain that you're holding onto, your, your trauma that you're holding onto. That is your plan B. So shut off your fucking David Goggins videos where it's like, burn the boats and do all this shit because you are not burning the boats. You are holding on to the boats. You're keeping that one right there so that when you don't accomplish whatever it is you want to accomplish and like when you don't accumulate to become the man that you believe you're supposed to be through conditioning, you go, oh, but look, this is why. Yeah. So we right. hold on to it and we perpetuate our own pain over and over and over and over. And I think there's a lot of great men out there doing a lot of great messaging just like yourself and what you're trying to bring light to and shed light on. And, uh, dude, I had a beautiful opportunity, ironically enough, through like knowing you also is uh, last week or a couple weeks ago, like I was just talking to this dude. It was Justin Wren. And it was oh, like, yeah. 
such an incredible dude. But we talked, we chatted it up for probably an hour and a half about all this guy. Like we just met each other at somebody's birthday party and we're just chatting, talking back and forth. Really? And, and like, really? Like, yeah, man. Digging what you're saying. Digging what, and then, uh, freaking monster, you know? Oh, MMA he's, he's, fighter. he's, yeah, he's massive. It's like, it's yeah. like, it's like if a Viking and, and Conor also, McGregor also, had a love baby. Yeah. And he's the nicest person though. He really Truly. is just, he's smart. He's intelligent. He's, uh, you know, he's also like sensitive and just, yeah. he, he's great, man. Yeah. Because, and, and, and he shares it pretty openly is, oh, is for sure. uh, his struggles in life. And, and that's all it is at the end of the day. It's like when it comes to men a lot, um, you know, there's this, whole, there's this whole idea in hierarchy, like alpha, you know, whatever is like, it's not a title or a rank, it's a responsibility. And if you don't fulfill that responsibility, you don't get to hold that position. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I think in general, throughout history, men have, have, uh, for whatever reason, whether it's uh, physical, I, I'm, I'm going to attribute it to physical proudness, you know, Jordan Peterson actually puts it really well, um, when he talks about the way the difference between men and women is the, the physical factor. Women don't have it built into their biology of the, you know, if we have a disagreement that it's eventually going to result in physical prowess, whereas men, that's what's always on the table. You know, it's, it's this physical thing, but we also, instead of going, yo, that's, that's human nature. Yeah. We have this tendency now to go, oh, it's toxic masculinity. No, it's human nature. People, you know, with uh, religions making a massive shift, I believe right now yeah. also, I think, I think a lot of people are, again, through the spread of information and the ability to see and hear things, you know, I'm not, it, I don't bash anybody who believes whatever they believe. I don't take any side on it because I don't have skin in the game because mm-hmm. I don't turn to religion. Like my religion is literally like love. And because ultimately at the end of the day, that's what every religion is trying to pull you back to. However, every religion is only put out there in terms of fear. So how is it, you know, like a God fearing man, how is, why would I be God fearing? And you want to tell me that God is love, right? It's It's contradictory. It is. Yeah. It's contradictory. And it was all based off of it. You know, it's weird. I was just having this conversation earlier today. It's like, you know, somebody asked me, um, you know, do you believe in God? And I was like, well, I don't like, I believe in God, but, but I don't believe in organized religion specifically because of the fact that, you know, especially with Catholicism, it's all based off of fear. And it's basically, it's, it's a system, you know, of, of self-loathing and, and it's a system that was basically put in place to gain money and to gain power. That was it. Yeah. It was, it was a form of oppression to to the to the to the peasants. Dude, you know? when uh, when I when I found out, I thought I was the weird one. I thought I was the ignorant one my whole life growing up, thinking that like the Bible, because I because I grew up like we were Christian, like we you know we'd go to church. My grandma and grandpa were huge in the church, um, and they did everything for everybody, and because of them, we all love them and then we didn't want to get our asses kicked by our grandma we go to church and it's like so i learned everything heard everything and i'm so grateful that i did because then when i got into college i took the history of religion and as i was learning all of these different religions i was like well they're all kind of similar they of course we have different endings right what is afterlife stuff like that but they're all based around a god or gods and it's like well, if everybody believes so strongly that theirs is real, it can't be that everyone's is real. So if everybody's is real, then everybody's is also not real. So then if that's the case, it's actually an even playing field. And it all just comes down to the individual and how they embody what that God is to them. And if right. they can truly believe that they are the God molecule within themselves right. and that they have the ability to carry that out. Absolutely. And it's like, I, cause it will blow my mind to this day to see protesters at, uh, I used to live in Columbus, Ohio, which is uh, the second most gay friendly city in the country. The, the, the pride parade, I think it's maybe, I don't know, I, rankings, whatever, but it was like one of the biggest. And mm-hmm. the last time I was in Ohio for it, um, because I used to run bars and restaurants in downtown Columbus. And it's like, I have tons of friends who are gay. 
I fucking right. like I don't care what you're doing. Like it doesn't yeah. make any difference to me. Yeah. Uh so it's like um I'm like, God, where was I going with this? <laughs> but um oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like whatever, 2015. And it was shortly, I think 2015 or 2016, it was right after that mass shooting in the, the gay nightclub in Orlando. Pulse. And it's... Uh, I just so happened to be in Orlando when that shooting happened. Really? Yeah, I was there. Because uh, I used to live in Orlando, and I just so happened to be back visiting friends and stuff. And I was like, holy crap, Like this is crazy. Well, I but think that, Sorry. that... Well, no, no, no. That, that happened a week or two weeks before uh, the Pride Parade in Columbus would have been. And everyone got afraid because, and, yeah, and I, and I would, I would know about all the stats and everything going on because I was a very intricate part of, uh, the, the service industry. And we had to know what you're expecting turnout wise. And you no, know, everyone was like, no, you know, probably it was usually about a, you know, eight, seven, 800,000 people that would come to the city mm-hmm. and it would be that much of an influx. And I was like, ah, oh, it's probably going to be, you know, 200, 300,000 tops. Dude, it was like almost 2 million people that showed up for that. And I saw men who for the, for, I would always go to them because like, dude, I loved that shit. Like you, you get around a bunch of gay people and people just love, like yeah. they don't care about titles and labels and you don't, it's, it's like not trying to be any one thing. It's like, dude, people just love. And it's like such a turnout for that. And it was the first year I ended up seeing so many men that I knew that were not gay show up and, like just hold support space in the same way. And through that, they got so much back from it. They got to experience this feeling of camaraderie and love and realize I don't have to publicly display and tell everyone I'm straight, even if I'm at a, an event that is uh, for gay people. Right. You know what I mean? And it was so empowering to see that. And it was so cool to see because it's like at the end of the day, we are all, we truly are all the same. It does not matter who you bang, who you believe in, what you do, unless those things to you contradict your behavior and the way you treat others. That is the only time it matters. You know, it's like in the world right now on the political landscape, on the social landscape, it's like, like everything's based in racism and hate and all these things and everything's looked at that. And it's like, nobody can make a comment about anyone else that is a race outside of theirs without being called racist. I don't care what race you are. If you're an asshole, you're an asshole. I don't <laughs> right. care. It does not matter. Absolutely. How do you treat yeah. people at the end of the day? Like nobody cares how strong, like dudes want to flex their masculinity in the gym. Right. And that is the most pathetic thing. You want to talk, look, you go in there, gym is my therapy. No, therapy is therapy. Just so you know. When you need therapy, it's probably because your nervous system is kicked in. When your nervous system is kicked in, you are tense. Do you think it's a good idea to train your muscles while you're tense? No, you're going to tear shit. Yeah. And it's like people don't comprehend. And you're going to make them even worse. You're going to make them even worse. Guess what? Your cortisol's up. Your adrenaline is up. When your nervous system is kicked in, your digestive system shuts off. Your uh, Your sexual reproductive system shuts off. Your excretory system shuts off. Your immunity goes down. So we all want to know why we're sick all the time. We all want to know why we're in a bad mood. Everyone's got low sex drive all the time. It's because we were all walking around with puckered up assholes because we are all so afraid of being seen for who we truly are at our core. And it's absolutely mind blowing that people don't want to go, what is possible outside of this? It's funny because, you know, uh, you know, uh, me and Des, we, you know, we were, we were watching, um, uh, that's, uh, that's my wife. Uh, so me and Des were watching, uh, something on Hulu, man. And, 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 and all these, all these different ED, like, like ads started coming out mm-hmm. and I was in, and being from the marketing and advertising side, I notice, I notice who, who the messaging is for, because that whoever it is, that brand manager or whoever is kind of like, you know, that marketing director or whoever it is that's making the decisions for casting. Mm-hmm. made a decision to cast some, you know, a, a man, you know, for, e, you know, in an ED commercial. I mean, obviously, hopefully. Right. Uh, but in their thirties, right. And maybe, maybe 35, 36 tops. Right. And I'm, and I'm like internalizing that. And I'm like, are there that many young guys out there that have 
that have ED? And and why is that? You know, is it, I mean, are we just now, are the conversations now just starting to happen more, more often than, you know, those types of conversations were, we were happening 10 years ago? Or is it that there's, for whatever reason, more people, you know, more men that are, that are suffering from that now? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what the answer is. I think it's, but to your point, but to your point, it may, it may be something that's kind of like something that's, that's, you know, at a deeper level, like maybe it's within our nervous system that we are, you know, we're, we're, we're absorbing way too much energy from other people. We're absorbing way too much information We are, we are, we're spending, you know, there's, we're listening to all the news and all the negativity that's going on in the world and, and we're becoming afraid and we're becoming more closed off. And, you know, maybe that's the reason. And because of that, we're, we're closed off. And, and also that is impacting libido, right? I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, 100% like, so for example, uh, if you're under the age of 25 and you go and get uh, your hormones tested uh, because the, the standard age that, and I, and I believe it's in every state that is agreed upon that the legal age or agreed upon age where, uh, that you don't want to let men start like TRT, for example, before is age 25, cause everything's still developing and 25 is, is a pretty general age for the majority of all development, brain development, everything. Like people that ask me about things like smoking marijuana or doing stuff, I'm like, dude, just don't do it until you're at least 25 because you're still developing. Like let yourself get to the full capacity, then, you know, try whatever you want to try, I guess. But Mm -hmm. it's like, at least give yourself the opportunity to optimize as much as possible. Um, So before the age of 25, if you go to get your, your levels checked, they will try giving you a whole, and, and your level, your testosterone levels are low. They will try giving you a bunch of holistic, uh, mm-hmm. ways and options to do before going into TRT. Um, and one of the things they always recommend to people is to have sex, like with a partner consensually, as opposed to masturbating, mm-hmm. because there is a difference. There is a massive difference difference in the chemical hormone release that happens within your body of uh like like all the way down to neurotransmitters your testosterone your estrogen levels yes because think about it um ejaculation will produce dopamine in your body it feels really great everything's good whatever uh however when another person is present it's a different set of chemicals that come because there's someone else present with you and not only that, look okay. at what's happening. People are destroying, men are destroying their idea of what sex is through porn. Because when else have you ever had the ability to just pick up your phone? Any t- like, like, dude, you're going through puberty, you're horny 24 seven, man, you have access to as many sets of tits as you want to see at any point. I get wow, it. I never, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, that's a good point. We're numbing ourselves. Like men numb themselves. Because then what do they do? They grow up seeing, you know, whatever, 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever. Why would I ever take the chance of feeling rejection from a female when I can sit here, I can jerk my own chain and it feels good. And not only that, I had sex and it didn't live up to what it should have been. And then men look at women like there's something wrong with them sexually. And women, for the most part, in large struggle to feel a level of confidence sexually early on. Right. So it's like you put all that together and you have men who are shutting women down that much more because women and, aren't. And it, and it also, you know, it just, it just offers like self, self identity, right? Self image, yeah. self image issues within men and women, I would think, you know, yeah. because you're comparing yourself to something that's fake, you know, to yeah. actors, People right, don't sound so like that like, when they have sex, just so everyone knows. That is, yeah. you know, people don't moan like that generally, you right. know? Like, men don't sound like they just ate the best steak of their life, and they're like, oh, like, that's not what life right. is. That's not real. So when <laughs> right. if your woman isn't fucking scrunching her hair up and screaming at the top of her lungs with every breath that you take, like, right. let your ego subside a little bit, because right. that's not what it is. 
And it's like all these false senses in these manufactured ways of being, but it's the exact same uh, effect that's the idea of what social media has on people. We are numbing ourselves to reality because we can create whatever avatar we want to be through social media. Like you were saying through a dating right. app, whatever, whatever, whatever kind of metaverse we want to go into, you yeah. know, like it's, it, yeah, that's a great point. I never thought of it through the through the uh, through the lens of technology and how it's impacting masculinity. But that's well, a really great point, you're at. Well, look at that. If I don't have to like uh, so so rejection. What does rejection create? Rejection creates a negative feeling in our body. When you experience right. that feeling, you have if you don't develop a, a healthy coping mechanism for that feeling or a mindset around it, a mindset being just whatever you set your mind on is like the way, the perception, the way, the lens you're going to allow yourself to view that scenario and how to come out of it. That's like you're equivalent to like a four-year-old walking out into public with a loaded gun, which in now we're seeing mass shootings all the time and everywhere. And I'm not directly right. just attributing it to that, but dude, it's all tied together. It's all tied together and people don't, it's uncomfortable to look at. It's very uncomfortable to look at all these things because when we start looking at these things, we can see parts of ourselves in it. And when you can see something about yourself in a scenario, we go, mm, I don't want it because it's, right. it's uncomfortable because if you can associate yourself with something that like you have a judgment about, realize that's a judgment about yourself that already lives within yourself. And you probably already feel like the rest of the world is judging you for that thing. Judgments are self-created. It's the way you see yourself. Everybody around you is a mirror for you. Mm -hmm. So if, if people were willing to start looking at the things they don't like about others, and instead of using that as a reason to get defensive towards them and got really appreciative for whatever that person was showing them, because most of the time we don't like people for the simple fact that their strengths show us our weaknesses. And when that happens, it's just a bad feeling in our body. Most people don't know how to cope with that feeling healthy because we don't realize we're unable to just acknowledge like we are two totally different individuals. That means we both have different things to bring to the table. What you know that I don't know can help me learn. And what I know that you don't know can help you learn. But our ego takes over all the time because we all have such fragile egos. Cause now we live in a world where everything's like, don't let anyone feel bad at any point. It's right. like bring everyone down to the status quo. So if you're too good, don't be that good. And if you aren't that good, we're going to give you a trophy anyways. And all the science give you research, a gold star. Dude, yeah. all the science and research shows that the people who didn't deserve to win that to get the trophy, when you give them that trophy, it makes them feel even worse. And the people who did deserve to win it don't want to put in that effort anymore. So it's like they want to talk about tax the 1%, do all this shit, whatever the political stuff is and and everything that we always get mad at, uh, you know, people at the top whether it's financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, socially, mm -hmm. it's like, we always want to attack them. Don't be so good. It's like that one kid, that one brainiac in class that would always ruin the curve for everybody else. Right. I'm like, so, but that's the thing is I can apply that exact same principle to this. Cause I, I sort of understand this. Cause I grew up with like, if you suck, get told you suck so that you can learn and you can get better. When I was in first grade, we, uh, at the end of the year, we had a school play. It was first through sixth grade. That means any girl, any like the, the older girls, and I'm like, ooh, they're really pretty and they're cute and they're cute, got to walk around the school. And what did they do with all of our artwork at the end for that play? All over the walls, at first through sixth grade, every art project you did throughout the year. And they have placings on them, first, second, third, honorable mention. I can remember it to this day. Mm -hmm. To me, I'm like, great opportunity to be like the man, look at this. And not only the girl that I like, but her parents get to see it also. How cool is that? And like, I was like, didn't have any placements on any of my stuff. And I was like, God, that cut, that sucked, that hurt. I didn't care about art. I cared about the fact that about I did something, some, something that literally my name was on was right. less than it could be that. So what did I do that following year? Every time I didn't want to listen, every time I was slacking on, I'm talking like second, third grade. And I was able to be like, this is my favorite subject. Now, at the end of that year, the next time that shit was up on the walls, I had first place, second place on just about every single piece that was up. Because you worked on it. You, you took that and you internalized it and you wanted to make sure that, you know, you were going to get that, that the credit, right? And next right. time. And it drives you, right? Like, and I think that that's also important because it, 
for some people, it doesn't, right? It doesn't, it doesn't impact them. So whether or not they get that gold star or not, it isn't, you know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't, it doesn't impact them the way that it would for somebody who actually wants it, right? Who actually want, like wants the, to be the best. Some people have, some people are, are born with, uh, with, uh, you know, I don't want to say drive and motivation, but, but competitiveness. Some people have that, that innate competitiveness and other people just don't. Right. I, I, but to your point, you know, now we're, we, we, you know, we're in a society where everybody gets a gold star, no matter what. And to some people, I mean, did they really need the gold star? You know what so I mean? Why would, you, like, why would you ever work for it then? Why would you ever right. work for it? Why, why would you ever try to be better? And it's like, you want to talk about the status quo. It's like, you want to tax everyone. Why would the people at the top want to work as hard as they do to receive what right. they, the reward? It's like, I think the amount of work, time, effort, energy put in renders the reward from it. Because I was willing to put in the time, work, effort, and energy, and you weren't. I don't give a shit about your feelings. I will help you get onto the same level. And I bet there is something somewhere along the road where you can help me become better also. But mm -hmm. I, for the love of God, I am not going to dim down how good I can be at something just because you don't have the internal drive to say, I can do it also. It's not a matter of if you can, I didn't wake up with, I like, I wasn't born with like a, a, a paintbrush in my hand. And let's just be clear. I'm not like some amazing artist artist but for all intents and purposes like Wait, oh it must be nice you maxed out at fourth grade <laughs> yeah i know i mean i had dude i i did i did a, a blue duck man and that was the best i'm like billy madison <laughs> and it's like you know people want to be like oh must be nice to have everything handed to you because you played football at ohio state motherfucker do you know what i went through to get there do you know how many extra years i went through do you know how much shit i ate just to try to have a chance of a speck of an opportunity to even be able to walk on to the opportunity that when I had that opportunity and I got there out of 180 guys that tried out, they kept like four of us and I was one of them. God. And it's like, and then on That's top of it, the injuries that I incurred, all the things and all the injuries I incurred were through training because of how much I wanted it and how much I felt the odds were stacked against me. Mm -hmm. And like, and at that point I was, it, it shifted though. It shifted from doing it for me to wanting to do it for everybody else in my hometown that never thought shit was possible. Because I remember what it felt like to not have anyone believe that I had the chance to do what I wanted to do. I had the beautiful, amazing support of my mother, my grandmother, my, my family, my uncle, my sister, those people believed in me and I had like one coach. And that dude to this day is one of my best friends. That guy, the year after I graduated, I went to a community college in my hometown because I didn't know shit about how to get into college. And I waited until I think May of my senior year to even apply to college. Um, and I knew I wanted to go to Ohio state. This dude took me under his wing. He trained me at like 5. AM before he like, got up, left his wife in the morning to come train me because I was, he knew how bad I wanted to do it. And if I would have missed the first time I would have missed would have been the last time he would have showed up don't waste my fucking time. And I never wasted his time because I wanted it so bad. I wanted it so incredibly bad. I'd train at 5 a.m. with him. He'd go teach all day. I'd go to college all day. We'd meet up around 3.30 in the afternoon because he got me a job helping coach the high school football team just so I could make a little extra money because he was going to be busy doing that anyways. We'd coach. As soon as practice got over and all the players left the weight room, we'd go back into the weight room and he would train me until about eight o'clock at night. And then he'd go back to his family and that's how selfless he was. Like I had amazing, amazing people in my life. And it was just a couple, but quantity over or quality over quantity will always prevail. That when I got to Ohio state, I didn't walk in fanboying over every single person in there. Cause I thought I was going to, I was going to be like, Oh my God, it's you. And it's you. And it's you. It was like, I was the equal and it's a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's a mindset that unless you see yourself as equal to those that you admire and look up to, you will never look up to and admire yourself. And it's like, be that hero in your own life, be that person, be that thing. And for men that struggle to stand in their feminine power, just realize your, your masculine doesn't exist without your feminine light doesn't exist without dark. Like I would not care about the weather in San Diego unless I experienced the weather in Ohio also. Cause I used to do that. I would work two weeks out in San Diego, fly back home to Ohio for a week. At the end of those two weeks in San Diego, I wouldn't, I'd be like, 
whatever. I wouldn't even think about it. But when I touch down in Columbus, Ohio, I'd be like, God, it's so cold. It's like, oh, it's biting. I'm like, God, I miss the warm weather. By the time I got back to San Diego, I'm like, oh my God, I love it. This is so great because I experienced the contrast. Right. And that's the thing about life. Like you have to have the contrast and the contrast will always amplify the other of the thing that you really want. So man, you want to be more masculine? Why don't you use your masculine characteristic of courage to see how brave you are to acknowledge and stand in your feminine energy a little bit. And it will take you so much further because if you think you're trying to get a girl by being masculine, by tearing your shirt off at a bar and punching someone in the face, it's not going to happen. But if you're willing to sit down and talk and understand a woman, you'll probably get work out a lot better for you and your face will be fine. Yeah, that's great. And just so, just so, you know, we can, I know, I know we, we got to wrap up here in a little bit, but to you, what is the, what is the difference between masculine and feminine? I, I feel like we've been talking about this the entire, the entire hour. Uh, and it's great talking to you, Grant, hmm. but to you, what is, what is, what are the, what are the key characteristics that I, the, that define what, what is masculine and what is feminine? Um, well, I think what, I think how we differentiate them in our head commonly is is like everything we do in the world right now. We want to break everything down into this single smallest little bit of tribalism. Like, not only are you masculine, what kind of masculine are you? Are you alpha male? Are you this? Do you like to do this? Do you like to work out? Do you like, to, I got to be around people like me, blah, 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 blah. Feminine, you know, you're too soft for whatever it is. It's because everything we're trying to break it down to the smallest common value and belief that other people have, because that's what we're always seeking out in other people. So we're constantly getting it reflected to us, what we exemplify. So look at the people around you. I mean, I know people say this all the time, look at the five people around you and you'll be the sixth. But if you really want to understand the kind of person that you are, look at the people around you. Men, look at the men in your life. Are those people that are willing to be vulnerable? Are those people that are like, like there is the most ultimate power in your vulnerability because vulnerability is not for other people. Like we all walk through this world, like making posts on Instagram, like vulnerability alert, like heads up, like, like I'm giving you some gift. It's like, dude, that vulnerability is a gift for you because in order for it to be true vulnerability means you are, you are owning the power over something that has once held power over you, a negative mm -hmm. thought an insecurity, a belief about yourself and you are owning it publicly or you're owning it in front of others. That's for you, man. That's liberation you get to experience. So the first thing is to realize that vulnerability is for the self. And it's like the way I think we should look at masculine and feminine are how they complement each other. Because mm -hmm. if, we, if we stop looking at how they differ and we start looking at how they complement each other, you will be so much more willing You'd be like, yeah, cool. Like, give me some of that feminine energy in my life because that feminine energy will only make my masculine energy be that much better. It's just like high school. Like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Don't sit there and not want to learn any, don't be like, oh my God, I love physics, but I don't need to pay attention in algebra because I hate math. Well, you use math and use algebra in physics. So it's all parts to the whole. So it's like, use them, utilize them all. Quit leaving these internal voids within yourself. So however you want to categorize masculine or feminine energy, either way, they're already within you. It's just your, uh, I guess, your level at which you're willing to turn those things on. And as you turn on one, and just like anything else in life, as you carve out one capacity, you by default carve out its opposite contrasting capacity. The more pain you experience in life, the greater the capacity you're carving out the exact same time to experience that much more love because you'll get to contrast it with the pain. That's exactly why we get nervous about giving our hearts away in a relationship or opening up to someone because it's mm -hmm. so much the capacity of willingness to get hurt. But we don't ever flip it. When we're really hurting, we don't go, man, I'm carving out my same capacity right now to experience joy, fulfillment, and love in my life also. So as you dig into your feminine more, you're by default digging into your masculinity more. And then as you shift back to the masculine, there are characteristics that play off of each other. It's like, you might be a really great car mechanic, but if you're trying to cook dinner, the way you change oil doesn't make a difference for this chicken popper kosh that you're trying to make. Right. You know what I mean? It's like time and place for each, they're tools to utilize. And when you understand that, you can actually embody them. And when you can embody them, you can understand what your needs are. And because of that, you can physiologically optimize yourself.
That's great. That's fantastic. That that was perfect, man. That was a really great explanation. <laughs> Thanks. Um, you know, and <clears throat> to your point, like you made a comment about like uh, look at the men, look at the men that that have been in your life, right? And um, if they if they if they have feminine qualities uh, or a feminine energy that you can learn from, great, right? You can you can you can you can see that and you can, you know, appreciate that. And you can, you can learn from that. Right. And emulate it. Right. Um, I didn't have that. Right. So I, you know, my dad, my, my grand, I was kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the primary, um, the primary, I guess, father figure in, in, in my life was my grandfather. Um, he was, he was kind of always there, you know, he was, he was, uh, he was a mechanic, he was, you know, a master mechanic for Chevrolet for, you know, 45 years. And, you know, he could, he, he could listen to a car and just know exact without popping the hood and tell you exactly what was wrong with it. He was that kind of guy. Um, he was, um, you know, um, you know, he, he, he would, he would describe, you know, uh, puro macho, you know, like you know, show you, show your muscles. You're a manly man, you know, kind of thing. And that's just the kind of guy he was. And my, my dad was, was extremely uh, masculine, um, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, you know, from an old school, like, you know, Mexican American rancher community, you know, uh, you know, he was, you know, just kind of like overbearing kind of like, uh, you know, patriarchal kind of uh, just hyper like masculine. If you, if you cried like that was, you know, you're being a girly, you know, a girly man, you know, a girly boy kind of thing. He was that type of guy. And, and, um, I guess at some point I kind of realized, well, no, it's okay. Like, it's okay to, to show vulnerability. It's okay to, um, to, you know, guys can cry, right? Like, that's okay. Right. It's, uh, it's okay to express your feelings and to, and to, uh, and to open yourself up because, in in my mindset, if you op- if you are if you open yourself up, you are more open to receiving, mm-hmm. right? If yeah. you say that you don't understand something, or that if if you express something that 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 impacts you in a negative way, it's better to share that, get it off your chest, with that, you know, to and so that way you can you can open up that conversation so you can understand from other people and take those pieces of whatever those people are wanting to share with you to kind of fill, fill the parts of the puzzle that are, that are, that are, that are missing inside of you. Right. Dude, Um, 100%. And so I feel like, I feel like it's also important to, to figure out what is, and I, yeah, this is this is to you know open to your interpretation here. What is if you were to talk to a young man who was raised by a guy like your dad, okay, or a guy like my dad, um, that wants to better understand the world, better understand the uh, better understand that you know the ways to heal from abuse and the ways to heal from, from, from trauma, what would be the best advice that you could possibly give them in exploring their masculine and feminine energy? Dude, great question. First of all, um, I would say the exact same thing to them that I believe for myself. And that is everything has always been happening for me and not to me. Um, you know, I hated my dad for a long time. Oh, I, same here, man. I like, hated him for so long for what he did. But I wouldn't be on this call with you right now if it weren't for him. I wouldn't have the I wouldn't have the business with the wife that I have. I wouldn't have the wife that I have right now if it weren't for my father. I wouldn't have the insatiable hunger to not watch other people struggle so bad through emotional pain. Uh, if it weren't for my father. And um, so so I got to say, it took a long time and I didn't try for a long time. It actually just, it happened in a moment when I realized it. I was like, I love him so much. I love him the same way I love my mom. Because just how we say nothing exists without its contrast. It's like, 
if it weren't for him, I wouldn't have known how to appreciate everything that my mom was as much on the level that I did. Otherwise, she would just be San Diego weather. It's great. It's nice. It's comfortable. Right. There's no storm to tell you anything different. There's nothing mm-hmm. to contrast it with. So I appreciate him and I love him for what it is. And you got to realize emotions for men. And, and if you had a super masculine father, I would venture to say you sought out getting his love, acceptance, or approval by behaving extremely masculine. However, don't be more masculine than him. So I would venture to say you probably have something inside of you that says same thing with me. Be big, but don't be too big. Be it big enough that I can be proud of you, but don't try to outshadow me and don't step on my toes. Right. And it's like, so if you're hearing this message, it's your time. It's your time to step into your power. And you didn't like the way that masculinity looked, so change the face of it. Change the face of what masculinity is. Let it be empowering. Let it be strong. Let it be protective. Don't use strength to scare other people. Use strength to protect and lift other people up. Don't use courage to go, look how brave I am. Use your courage to stand in the face of everything that scares the shit out of you, feelings, emotions, vulnerability. Because at the end of the day, emotions for men are like the prom, I think. It's like nobody wants to be the first person to jump on the dance floor, but as soon as your one buddy, like the class clown jumps out there, everyone else does. Everyone wants to access those things. It's just they've spent a lifetime being told that it's not safe. Like we do a ton of work with veterans. That's the, ex- that's the epitome. It's like what every man experiences, but on the highest level, because it's on such a high level of numb to your emotions because your emotions will get you killed. And that's how men operate in the world today. And like, that's not how it has to be. That's great. This has been great. Thank you, Grant. Thank you for your time. And that's a great final thought, man. Dude, thanks for having me on, brother. I think we're I think we're out right there because that that was a perfect way to end it. Beautiful. I'm like if I if I, <laughs> I, I detach my mic, I would drop it. Yeah, right. But it's on. You throw the whole stand. <laughs> cool, no, man. man this has so been great. Me on. This has been great. Thank you yeah. so much for your time, man. And thank you so much for listening to The Learning Man Podcast. My name is Omar Cantu. I could not thank you enough for joining me on this journey. If you enjoyed what you heard and would like some more of that content, we're going to be dropping new episodes every Friday. So make sure and hit that follow button wherever you listen to your podcast and write us a review because it really does help the channel. Share what topic you want to tackle next or maybe the name of a guest that you want to hear from. Thank you again for joining in this journey. It means so much to me.